The following program is brought to you by the Intergalactic Educational Audio Network. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of And So The Mind Reels podcast. And right off the bat, let me ask you something. I've been listening to a lot of different people doing these podcasts and vlogs and, you know, river logs and and different things. Everybody has kind of a, a catchy, wacky opening that they're known for. You know, like, hi, welcome back to the show or... Ladies and gentlemen, once again, tis I, uh, you know, different things. Uh, Welcome to the blah, blah, blah. I don't really have one and haven't really decided on one. I'm well into this and I know I should have come up with one, but I've been thinking about how about something just like, hi, how are you? What do you think? Is that, is that kind of, I mean, it's, it's very minimal, but I think it gets right to the point anyway. Enough of that. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about, and this might be a short one, a little bit about uh, rules. You know, I've talked about rules in creativity and rules on the stage and rules in improv. Uh, I'm going to address a question I got um, about one of the books I wrote and about the rules that I set down in Can You Break Them? And oddly enough, I sat down and I thought about it. And well, actually, I was standing. And when I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, you know what? Actually, you can break these rules because I have done so. And I'll, well, I'll tell you about it. Let's let's roll the the you know the opening thing, and then we'll come back and and then I'll tell you about it. I'll sit down and no, I'll stand. Anyway, hi, how are you? And we are back once again. Here we are, you and me. And what prompted this? Let me uh, tell you, uh, if you've listened to my podcast for a while, like if you started back in the 40s or the 50s, you'll know that I have a lot of different interests in the creative fields. I've done acting, I've done improv, writing, playwriting, candle making, underwater basket weaving. I've done a lot of a lot of things. And from time to time, I will watch other people who do something that I say, writing, for example. And this is kind of what prompted this. Writing and uh, how you should publish and where you should publish and how, how what fonts you should use and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And there's just so many bloody rules out there that people have memorized and they, you know, they get on YouTube or wherever and they just start like regurgitating them. And you watch this for you know, 45 minutes, you think, well, oh my gosh, I don't do any of that stuff. I mean, I don't use that font. I mean, I, I, I write in the third person. They said I should be writing in the first person and I should not be using the passive voice. I should be using the regressive voice and my characters all should begin with the letter B and I don't do any, why? Well, I just might as well, I just might as well stop. I just might as well go 
back and do, you know, go to the coal mines again or something. Listen, don't listen to these people. I mean, if you want to know something, there are resources out there and things you can watch where you can learn it. But learn what you want to learn, but keep your own kind of vibe, your own thing that you do, because that's what makes you unique. Because, I mean, think about this. If you're familiar with the poet E.E. Cummings, I mean, if E.E. Cummings had turned in his first poem and someone said, look, E.E., great poem, really like what you're doing, but hey, bud, punctuation, huh? Capitalization. You're never going to get anywhere if you're ignoring those things. Go back to remedial English and learn some things and then become a poet. And E.E. just kind of said, nope, that's what I'm going to do. That's my style. That's my niche, if you will, that's going to set me apart. It may have taken a while, but now when you see E.E. Cummings and you read one of his poems, you totally expect there not to be any punctuation, not to be any capitalization, and heck, it doesn't even rhyme half the time, but they're beautiful. He's one of my favorite poets, okay? So had he followed the rules, he would have just blended in and just been a, a nub in the cog in the wheel of poetry, you know? Yes, there are helpful rules that you can abide by, but the very, very, very most basic rules are the ones you tend to follow when people start getting specific. Just ignore it, please. Now, that brings me to this. A million years ago, well, about 20 years ago, really, I wrote a book for other amateur actors. At the time, when I was doing theater, I worked a lot in community theater. I feel like I've told this story before. I may have. Anyway, when I was in community theater, we would bring in new people all the time, and these new people didn't know certain things, certain rules of the stage. I mean, just like, what's stage left? What's stage right? Where's downstage? Where's upstage? How do you memorize lines? These type of things. So I was the helpful, friendly guy, and I was always going, well, Okay, this way is right, this way is left, there's downstage, upstage is this way. You know, how you can remember it is because uh, they used to tilt the stages so the audiences could see, and they tilted them down kind of at an angle. So the very front is down, and the back is up. So, you know, the audience could see you back there, so, they t so remember that is up. I had these little tips and things, and I thought, you know what, I should just put them, I should just write all the stuff down. So that if a new person comes in and is going to do a play and they go, hey, excuse me, Lee, where, here, here's a book. It has everything you want to know in it. Just read this. So it became a book called The Basic Onstage Survival Guide for Amateur Actors. I went ahead and just published it. Uh, it's available in all book markets right now as an ebook or uh, as a paperback. You can pick it up if you're interested in that type of thing. There's a lot of helpful information. Now, what I also included in there are some rules that I learned kind of the hard way on the stage. There are rules on the stage, really, there are. One of the most common ones is, um, if it falls, pick it up. Now, if it falls, pick it up is if you've ever seen a play and someone drops something that they weren't supposed to on the stage, a pencil falls to the floor or, you know, a, a button pops off someone's costume and lays on the floor. Actors tend to, amateur actors I should say, tend to freak out on this because 
that wasn't planned. That wasn't in their script. They don't know what they're supposed to do. So they think that, well, if I don't look at it, if I just ignore it, everyone else won't look at it and they'll ignore it. But see, the thing is, audiences deep down inside really like to see things go wrong. It's it's just it's it's a thing. I don't know if it was from way back when they used to have those blooper shows on and people just love bloopers and love seeing bad things happen to people and how they get out of it. But if you drop something or something falls, always is a rule. You have to bend over, pick it up, get rid of it. It just make it look natural. You know, people drop stuff all the time in life. You know, you, you drop something on the ground. What do you do? I'm going to ignore it so no one will see it. No, life in life is like life on stage. You, you try to represent that and be a little realistic. So the rule is, if it falls, pick it up. Now, someone wrote in and asked me, I love all the rules that you have, like, you know, don't upstage, always make a triangle, um, various things that I, that I included in this book for actors. Is there a point where you actually can break these rules? Well, yeah, there is. And I happen to think of that rule in particular, if it falls, pick it up, because there was a time in a performance in front of an audience where I had to break that rule. Now, situation was, it was a one-act play, and it was written by a very dear friend of mine, Peter Genovese Jr., who uh, taught playwriting for many years. I never took one of his classes, but we got to be friends because I was in his plays. In fact, this was, as I said, one of his one-act plays that I was an actor in. That's how I got to know him. I still know him to, to this day. And he's always very helpful in, in writing and theater-related things. Anyway, so we had this one-act play called But Soft, What Light? And it took place outside on a balcony about on the 10th floor of a hotel. So there's a guy who comes out, like a middle-aged guy who comes out of the balcony and he's looking down at the city. And so happens there is a girl who is also on a balcony, just kind of right next to his, uh, who's going through some kind of hardship and they get to know each other and exchange uh, their woes and their things all within the confines of, you know, a one act. Part of a piece of business that they had is the guy I was playing was kind of interested in a lot of things to kind of keep his youth. You know, he was kind of going through a midlife crisis. And one of the things he was interested in was this kind of like recreational things that you could uh, that you could smoke, per se, that wasn't tobacco. But he really didn't know how you did it or how you you did it and got it together and uh, made it. So he had a, um, a bag. He had rolling papers and an actual little rolling machine. The girl uh, knew how to do it. And so he hands all the materials over to her and she rolls up uh, a doobie. This is what they called it, a doobie. And uh, hands the materials back to him. One night during the performance, somehow something happened. I looked away. I don't know what happened. I dropped part of the prop, the, the little roller mechanism, uh, fell out of my hand and went straight down and landed on the stage. Now, my instinct as an actor, what I've been preaching is, if it falls, pick it up. Okay, uh, Lee, problem here. Um, 
We are supposed to be on the 10th floor of a hotel. So rules would dictate, yeah, I should pick it up because it fell. Problem. Uh, the stage where it fell represents 10 floors down to the street. For me to climb over this balcony railing, jump down onto the stage, in essence, would represent me jumping to my death. That is not part of the script. Therefore, what should I do? I should just then ignore it because I don't want to break that reality. I don't want to take people out of the setting that were 10 floors up and, and doing this. So now all that I just said, which took five minutes, lasted probably like three seconds in my actor brain. I went, nope, not going to do it. Just leave it. Leave it there. Now, it really, really bothered me because I could look down while I'm doing my lines and see it on the stage and, you know, in the back of my head is going, pick it up, pick it up. What are you doing? Pick it up. I can't, man. I can't. It would destroy the illusion. I have to leave it. It's only a one act play. No big deal, you know? So, yes, in that instance, that rule that I should have abided by as an actor, or I usually do, I had to consciously ignore and break and leave it there there are other instances where there's things that you are supposed to do but you actually cannot do you know if you're on stage by yourself and somebody doesn't walk out and begin a scene with you and leaves you out there by yourself the rule usually dictates is just start a conversation with one of the other actors and ad-lib hey i can't there's no one else on stage it's just me you know, I could talk to myself. Uh, this actually happened to me. And what I ended up doing was walking over and there was a prop phone uh, as part of the set. And I picked up the phone and started making calls, uh, just making stuff up until the actor finally realized he missed his entrance and came out. So, yeah, you have to adapt really, really quickly at times. And most of the time, as I imparted in my book, some of the wisdom is that 99.9% .9 of the time, whatever happens on stage, the audience has no clue. If you didn't say that line right, if you skip something, if you mispronounce something, if someone didn't get there uh, five seconds uh, when they were supposed to, they don't know. The audience has no idea whatsoever of 99.9% .9 of the mistakes that happen on stage. But yeah, if something falls, they'll, they'll end up looking at it. So yeah, I don't know how many people that night in that one act, you know, watched that little rolling mechanism joint roller laying on the stage wondering, was somebody going to come out and pick it up or was it just going to lay there? Hey, it's it's just going to lay there. Conclusion. What have we learned, Dorothy? We have learned. There are rules. It's okay to know the very basic rules. Okay, if you're going to be a writer probably you want to be clear in your thoughts and tell a good story. That's all you need to worry about. Don't care if you knew you use Courier, you use Pantolino, you use Times New Roman. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Ignore what they say. Uh, you probably want to use a font that people can read, you know, like 12 point or 14, somewhere in there. Anyway, but I'm saying there people will get very, very, very specific and a lot of this has to do with their own taste. So when people are throwing their own tastes 
into things that you're supposed to be doing, ignore them. You just email me. I'll tell you, ignore them. I'll, I can tell you whether they're making stuff up or not. Just go out there and do it. There's rules. Yes, they're meant to be broke, uh, broken. Uh, there would not be an EE Cummings. There would not be a, a Dada movement where people just, you know, uh, painted weird stuff because you're supposed to do landscapes. You're supposed, no, no, no. Every once in a while, the palette has to be cleansed. Something new has to come through. You know, there has to be a, a period of punk rock that, that wipes out the big arena tours and, and, and groups. And then, and then there has to be grunge has to come along to, to wipe out all the hair bands. There has to be a time where the rule or the set uh, status quo is dumped for something for something different. I always try to want it to be that thing that, you know, wipes everything clean and, and starts all over. So armed with this knowledge, go ahead out there and paint something different. Ignore what you're supposed to do. Write something different. Ignore the punctuation. Uh, act different, but please, please, if it falls, pick it up. And so the mind reels. <laughs> <laughs>